This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, Drew Dockin and Grant Collins will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Good afternoon, everybody. Today, it is September 13th. It's Tuesday. CPI data came out, and economists at Dow Jones were expecting a decline of 0.1% for overall inflation, uh, with a rise of 0.3% for core. Uh, headline basis was quite a bit more than that. As a result, you saw NASDAQ drop by 5%, and the S&P dropped over 4%. Ten-year Treasury sitting at a little over 3.4% as we speak. Uh, Tim, you know what should we make of this news? How should we digest all this? Yeah, that's a hell of a day. You don't see a lot of 4% and 5% moves in the equity market. Mm-hmm. So there obviously was, for whatever reason, a lot of expectation that CPI was going to be a lot weaker. Uh, it obviously wasn't. You know, core was stronger. Uh, median CPI was stronger. Higher medical cost inflation. One fear is that you've got this on the headline as oil and, and gasoline appear to be kind of bottoming. You know, we've drained... Uh, 180 million barrels out of the SPR. Um, there's news reports that maybe they start filling uh, strategic petroleum reserve again. So I, I think you're at sort of an end on on the gasoline deflation tailwind for these CPI reports. I, I think one thing that stands out too is just this overall market assumption that CPI is peaked. The trend suggests that it's peaked, but you have no idea what kind of supply disruptions, broadly speaking, whether it be geopolitically driven on the energy side or whatever, uh, that, that could suggest that you know at least core uh, and or headline hasn't peaked. But you know I'm not a big fan of the day-to-day overreaction to one non-farm payroll report or one CPI report. What matters is the overall trend on inflation. And you know my biggest focus is on both the energy side and the labor side. And on the labor side this week, you see uh, more and more stories of real labor activity, whether it's Starbucks or the nurses union or the potential freight rail strike. Um, you know, like labor activity is back. And it's back because labor has the upper hand. Like where are you finding replacement workers? Uh, are you really going to threaten to outsource, you know, goods producing workers jobs to China? Like it, 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 we are in a new world and the market today, for whatever reason, decided to embrace maybe the fact that inflation is going to be really, really persistent. Now, in terms of the next CPI reading or of the next three months, who knows? It depends on how quickly, how, how successful the Fed is at quickly slowing down the economy. But so far... And, and, you know, uh, monetary policy happens with lags, manifests itself with lags. They haven't slowed the economy down enough. And they got a long ways to go. Were you surprised at all by the CPI numbers considering how weak uh, PMIs and ISMs and everything were last week? Or last month, I should say, coming in August? Yeah, yeah. I mean... But PMIs are still hovering around. The service PMIs are still above 50. The global PMIs have definitely broke down way below 50. But, you know, I just don't spend a lot of time trying to think about or guess what individual economic prints with all the quirks that go into it uh, are, are going to print. Uh, I, I really, I just, I just, it's, it's, not, it's not my focus. We're looking at valuations um, from a Market Watch article that happened this week in particular. 
the author kind of came out with the premise that look, long run returns on stocks if they're equal to is roughly equal to dividend yields, you know, plus the long term growth of dividends. Yeah. If you compare that to the ten year Treasury, that looks very favorable. Uh, if we look at cyclically adjusted earnings yield, which is you know just the inverse of the CAPE, yep. uh, that looks favorable. And the third really valuation he was looking at was John Bogle's insight that a percentage change in stock prices is equal to a percentage change in earnings plus percentage change in a PE ratio. So you know you're looking at John Burr's um, you know traditional the return the dividends. If you're looking at um, CAPE inverse, and if you're looking at this. Uh, Bogle's insights, like from all three metrics, you know, this is a good buying opportunity. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I just don't really follow uh, those metrics. I'm, I'm more simplistic than that. I'm really just looking at what is the S&P earnings looking like. And right now the S&P earnings is looking like about 215 for this year. If we go into even a mild recession, history tells you that you're going to have something on the order of 20% downside to the earnings number. Uh, so so the E, I think, is going probably below 200. And on the multiple, you know, as I've talked about endlessly, we're coming off of 40 years of declining inflation or disinflation that is turning to an inflationary environment. I think we're going to have a slower growth, higher inflation environment. And if that's the case, the market sitting at around 18 and a half times doesn't look compelling to me at all. Niall uh, Ferguson was really comparing it, the climate we're in right now to the 1970s. Um, you had a ton of political risk and you know just overall inflation, and then that was disrupted by a war. Uh, in that case, it was Yom Kippur. Uh, this case, obviously, now it's the Russian and Ukrainian mm -hmm. crisis, uh, which has turned out to be a lot longer Yom Kippur, which lasted about 20 days, um, and obviously a much larger peer-to-peer -peer war. So you have that, but then you also have a pandemic on top of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, his argument is that I wouldn't, you know, be surprised if the decade of the 2020s uh, looks very similar to the 70s, maybe even a little bit worse. Look, it's not unfair to make the comparison to the 1970s from the standpoint of inflation becoming a much more significant problem. Uh, and if we're at kind of trending towards 5%, something like that, core inflation, and the Fed is still around 3 you know, we, we, we still have real rates that are too low and, and rates need to go higher. Uh, the other comparison to the 70s that I think is interesting is, is the theme of energy underinvestment. You remember Nixon uh, imposed price controls, and with price controls, energy companies didn't spend any money looking for oil. And I think that's one of the things that's really very similar to the 1970s is we have this massive underinvestment uh, in resources. But on the other side of that, you know, we do have this incredibly tight labor market. I think we have a structurally tight labor market, unlike we had in the 1970s. I don't think that's going to change. We already talked about you could have a lot of labor activity that would be similar to the 1970s. The other thing that's different is you do have to recognize that we have had this massive wealth accumulation. Uh, and that, I think, is is really kind of truly dissimilar to the 1970s. So I'm not every time is different. Uh, as a history major in college, I should be more sympathetic to the argument that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. But I don't think that these historical analogs are really particularly helpful to get a better handle on, on our current period. Yeah, I mean, I guess... We're talking about the 70s. The one thing I could give is 
Dependency ratios are now much worse mm -hmm. uh, for us. We're mm -hmm. an older country, yep. uh, but at the same time, we're not nearly the manufacturing base we used to be. So mm -hmm. uh, goods relative to then are just cheaper because there's not as much advanced manufacturing. We've outsourced everything since yeah. the 70s. Yeah, so. and, and even though I, I made the comparison to underinvestment in energy, we are in a totally different position than we were in terms of our reliance on, you know, we had the OPEC crisis to end the 70s, whereas now, we really have done a good job of, of having much greater uh, energy security than we had historically. In the 70s, we had detente with us in China as well, and now obviously mm -hmm. uh, that relationship's really acting up. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then in terms of, I guess, kind of a conversation about where we see home prices, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs economists came out and they predict that home prices are expected to fall in. 39% of U.S. cities next year. Um, Denver would be one that declines quite a bit. Uh, some, some, some of the cities in the West Coast as well. And then there's cities like uh, Philadelphia, uh, for whatever reason, um, home prices are expected to, to skyrocket. Um, but, you know, was that, is that kind of your take? I mean, almost I almost felt like 39% of cities is not that much, considering where rates are and everything else. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably take the over. I mean, look, just on the very simple idea, that you take an asset that is for most people a leveraged asset and you double the cost of capital. And that's where we are. You have more than doubled mortgage rates. Um, you are going to have a decline in the value of yeah. that underlying asset. And you know, you're gonna have a decline in confidence. You know, we had gotten into a period where, you know, almost like the 06, 07 buildup, where, you know, it was like, yeah, if you spend money on a house, you can't lose money. And that is rapidly coming off the boil. And, you know, when you compare it to, you know, I guess the 2000s, do you see any, like, do you see signs of it cracking right now? Is it, does it rhyme? You know, we were talking about how you were in particular, uh, when, you, when you were managing, it was just that yeah. 2004, everyone thought this was the year, 2005, this is the year, 2006 <laughs> is the year, then eventually 2008 was the year, right? So. Um, that's always a tough, tough thing to figure out. I mean, you know, you get into wildly speculative periods, they're going to come to an end. Mm -hmm. And to me, NFTs and Bitcoin and uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and GameStop and AMC and all this nonsense, it's just a period of, of and, and you have massive retail participation. Those are all signs that you're getting towards the end. It's when you've had as much stimulus as we've had and you've had as much demand creation as we had, it's hard to time it. But we're coming to an end. You think anything we overlooked this week, Tim? I think we covered it. All right, sounds good. Well, everybody, for our listeners, uh, thanks for the likes and subscribes, and we're out. Thank you, Drew. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WealthFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WealthFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WealthFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the content. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any of the contents. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.